Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome once again to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. I am your resident optimistic nihilist reminding you every day to especially today to get your titty sucked and to get your ass clapped because our days are numbered bitch <laughs> how are you feeling today that Flex? is so aggressive especially considering like the rhetoric around whether or not we should be having sex and exchanging fluids during oh, this trying time <laughs> listen listen uh, no we're, we're transitioning into quarantine dating yeah but you know <laughs> I need to make a reflex quarantine dating deck. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, actually, what is your no, blood I type? expect <laughs> I expect this to be done within the next week. <laughs> oh, I'm shaking, brush. Okay. So, how are you feeling today? So, I'm just a little bit. Um, so, for context, I'm trying to do this thing where I use exactly the right word to explain how I'm feeling. And I, you know, as opposed to just assuming people know what I'm saying. Mm. And I think I'm feeling a little bit restless and like I'm in um, limbo. Oh, why are you feeling restless? Well, so I didn't want to speak about Big Rona, Mrs. Corona. The Roni. (laughs) The Roni. (laughs) I don't even know her like that. So it felt inappropriate (laughs) to speak about her so commonly on mm. this podcast but the time has come and it would be almost negligent for us not to discuss uh yeah. big rona and her legacy yeah so- yeah yep <laughs> agreed agreed <laughs> and her legacy uh, i don't even this is not not even a time to be like so like coronavirus aka covid19 like you have, no, no, no at this point i you I, you must have done your googles so, like we just yeah there's no yeah we can't explain to you what it is but mm. I would say this time a week ago, I was in the camp of, I just, I don't have time to be worried about this. I know hysteria is contagious. I know yeah. that um, the media profits of our hysteria as as well. And I know the media profits on us um, trying to clarify their misinformation. So mm. what I was doing was trying to find a way, trying to find a way to self-educate without getting trapped in in unnecessary dialogue and creating anxiety where they need not be one. Right. However, a week later and shit's changed. (laughs) Yeah. There's been, uh, or now it's been declared a pandemic as of the 13th of March. That's when we are recording this. So with that word and the weight of that word, there is a sense of urgency that wasn't really there before, but Mm. in the same vein, I personally don't know how, um, how scared to feel or mm, how invincible to feel because from the onset of this disease virus and now there's been so many conflicting narratives like do we not remember yeah. the viral videos that were going around initially when this was just known as the Chinese virus or the yeah. virus in China where people were dropping dead yeah yeah you know yeah. like that's yeah that's where we were at people were dropping dead it was world war z things were happening it was a scary place to be you know something about bats whatever so from the onset where we thought it was like some big zombie adjacent people are dropping dead type virus if you get it it's terrible because the world is ending and you will die definitely to the black man who had coronavirus and then was cured to people now saying oh well most people will probably contract it but just won't show symptoms but will be carriers of the disease so they need to be mindful of how they interact with other people because Mm. it is a threat that if you uh, pass it on or transfer it to someone who doesn't have an immune system as quote-unquote strong as yours then they can be um like liable to yeah be ill or die (sighs) it's a lot 
if I mean, I don't like, and I there's a certain amount of I'm aware that there needs to be a certain amount of tact and um, I guess yeah, tact for the fact that you know there are people currently um like battling with the virus and it's mm. not just a matter of like oh this is so annoying like the bad things are, like i can't buy toilet paper this is so yeah frustrating. yeah like, there are people who are, people living are dying in environments you know where they've known somebody who's died so it's n- it's not not a big deal but i'm just and i'm not sure i'm sure i'm not alone in this i'm just confused as to how seriously to take it and Same. how much this is meant to impact my day-to-day when the information I'm receiving to keep myself safe is to wash my hands. Yeah. Just wash your hands and sneeze into your hat. Yeah. It's just, I think for me, what's also, what also makes it confusing is I'm so used to being skeptical of the media. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this where it's like, I can't tell if the media is doing their usual nonsense of blowing things out of proportion just for impressions and clicks mm-hmm. or if they're actually being for real and it's not just for click, like I'm just so skeptical and dubious of the media that Mm. I don't know who to believe or what to believe anymore. Mm. Um, And really the only people we can believe and listen to are the scientists, but where are they? Like where are they at? You know, (laughs) (laughs) and and there's also a matter of, you know, I've, I heard some people write and say the media needs to be more mindful of, you know, what they're saying because they're generating fear but also, you know, we can't, the media can't wait until they have all the information to share the information because that's yeah. also very dangerous. Yeah. And people should have autonomy to to dictate which they, like what they hold on to and what they disregard. Facts. But with that in mind, it's this, before it was deemed to be a pandemic, it was the sensationalism of, you know, experts and scientists coming on radio and live television to say oh relax it's not a big deal we've had different strains of coronavirus people will die but more people die from car crashes like it's not a big deal Mm. and then um alternatively you have people going oh no it will soon be a pandemic and we'll be really afraid and everybody needs to like stock up and stay indoors and don't make friends and don't touch hands and everything yeah and, and yes maybe it does live on both of those spectrums like perhaps if it doesn't spread as rapidly as you know forecasted then it's not a big deal and perhaps if it spreads as rapidly as anticipated then it's a huge deal so mm. i understand the duality and the nuance of the situation but also i'm like well what the fuck because yeah. now i feel like the 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 result or the impact of this lack of um i won't say it's lack of information but just lack of certainty about what the virus is what's spreading it how to protect ourselves how to be the most cautious the impact of that is quite um detrimental because you have individuals, you know, um, becoming gatekeepers of, of like necessary grocery items like food and, and drink and toilet paper and hygiene items because they're scared and don't know. And then, you know, on a bigger scale, you have corporations who are like, OK, well, we don't want to risk, you know, holding these um, events and things because that's that's a corporate risk in itself. We don't want to be liable to hold music festivals or to hold conferences or to hold anything right. that's cancel those. And then you have Italy saying that, you know, they've banned their um, certain parts or I'm not sure if it's certain parts of, or all parts at this stage from holding public events like weddings and funerals. Yeah. Uh, like I hear it's banned. all parts. Yeah. You know, not like just finished. like frowned upon, banned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In Japan, you know, schools have closed down for a month. Huh? No, it's, I think, I think for me, I was so casual. I was just like, oh, small, small Corona. Like, what is it? fam i've been through been through worse me and my black self i've you know i've I've been seeing flames like no one can scare me with small small corona i think the things that i'm most worried about are what are the economic economic impacts of this what are the existential impacts of this and also like what is this forcing us to interrogate like this entire Mm -hmm. pandemic i think what makes corona particularly diabolical is the fact that you can have symptoms for five to seven days and not i mean you could have the virus for five to seven days and have zero symptoms and while you are symptomless you are still contagious i think that's really what makes it so hard to contain and what makes it particularly diabolical i feel like corona is more of a slow burn 
Mm. And what's interesting is, so yes, last night, Trump declared that, and this is the first time he's ever been serious about anything. Like, I feel like Trump's tone is comedic always. Like whatever he's saying, he's he's just being comedic. He's just being a comedian. Whereas Trump was literally reading off of a teleprompter, being a serious president for the first time ever. And he declared that he's putting a travel ban on everyone from the Schengen area in Europe, um, certain areas in Asia. Like, And then he also, by mistake, said that he's banning imports from outside of the US. And that is what caused... When I tell you this morning, I woke up, I went to Trader Joe's. Why was there a line out of the out of the grocery store there were people running around outside with shopping trolleys filled to the brim with toilet paper with fruits veg like i then go to whole foods all of the shelves are completely empty like mm. the level of hysteria that's happening in new york right now and maybe it's just the part because i live in a really busy part of new york and the level of i've never seen anything like this before and i think what happens is that people see other people stockpiling and being hysterical Mm. and that is i feel like the hysteria is almost as contagious as the disease itself speak on it and that in itself is part of the problem Mm. like yeah let's panic but must we be hysterical Mm. especially after he came on trump came on this morning and was like oh actually my bad i didn't mean to say no imports we'll still have imports like everything's fine so it's it's really interesting. And there's also a racial aspect to this whole thing. Today, for the first time, I was actually called out for not being racist. Like I, someone oh, dragged I me. Oh, Yeah, that was heavy. Yeah, I was yeah, like, what? Let's speak on this because this was very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I reposted a tweet that said... Italy is now the most infected country outside of China, but you can guarantee that people won't be avoiding pizza the same way that they did with Chinese food. Mm -hmm. And someone commented, someone sent me this message. I'm actually going to bring it up now. Bring it up. So someone sent me this message. I'm going to just summarize it because it's quite a long one. But basically Mm -hmm. she said, hey, I just read your latest post and I always fail to understand why black people like defending Chinese people. If only you knew how racist Chinese people are, you would reconsider. This virus is definitely their karma. I've lived in China for a year and every day I'm reminded that I'm African in in a not so nice ways. Most Mm -hmm. schools don't even want their kids to be taught by black teachers. I earn less because I'm black. At least white people pretend to care for the blacks. A Chinese recruiter will straight on tell you, sorry, you're black, we can't hire you. So I got quite a few messages from black people being like, excuse me, why are you defending Chinese people knowing that they're so racist? And at the same time, I actually got a message from someone who is Chinese He was like, hi, I just wanted to share with you that my brother, a Chinese American living in Madrid, just got attacked by two men who yelled insults about the coronavirus to him. Next thing, he woke up in the hospital after undergoing head surgery for for a hemorrhage. He has 31 staples in his head. This rampant racism that surged by the virus is bullshit and people are getting us hurt. The sad thing is the racism against the Chinese has always been there, but only now is it being shown. And so I posted that post and people again came for me being like, but why, why should we care about Chinese racism? Look at what they've done to us. Look at how they're colonizing Africa. This is their karma. They deserve this, this and this and that. And I was honestly quite disgusted because just like white people, A lot of Chinese people are racist, yes, but a lot of Chinese people also are not racist. And bigotry is born from ignorance. It's not born from race. So I'm much more interested in addressing ignorant people instead of addressing or targeting specific ethnicities. Like, what good does it do for us right now to be playing oppression Olympics? Like, I don't... I understand... That there's a lot of Asian to black racism from all corners of the world. 
But my other thing is that I've never, I've been to dozens of countries and I've never gone anywhere where I didn't experience racism. No one is immune from this. So what good does it do to be doing oppression Olympics? Like, I really don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I had a bad taste in my mouth when you received that first message. Because again, like, do we fight ignorance with ignorance? Yeah. You know you what know? I mean? And it's like, are we blaming the individual or the system? Perhaps if the person who was racist to you directly got coronavirus, you can cheer, you know, have a little celebration. But for for us to now be saying this is their karma, if that's how you think karma works and you feel happy within your spirit to change it that way, how do you sleep at night? Then leave it to be your business. (laughs) Don't start recruiting the rest of us. I know. (laughs) To start feeling some kind of way. Imagine dragging someone for not being racist. Like, what Mm. do you mean? This simulation is just getting crazy. I also think a lot of people... There's a lot of misinformation and a lot of misplaced anger. I understand why black people don't have sympathy for the Chinese right now. Sure. Like, I get it. But also, anti-blackness stems from white supremacy. So we need, let's target the source of the problem and not the byproduct of it. And there's also so much ignorance regarding the source of corona like people think that all Chinese people eat rats and bats and dogs and rabbits. And it's like, that's such a small percentage of the Chinese population. And even then, the source of the reason why people are eating animals they shouldn't be eating is capitalism. Once everything just goes back to capitalism. It's just, <laughs> let us not misplace our anger, you know? What's the situation like in Australia at the moment? I mean, it's nice to see the conversation Mm. um, is being considered in a way that shows that if people aren't necessarily panicking, they're showing a level of self-education about it. Mm. I have been, but I've been in a lot of situations. I was doing this conference over the weekend um, and the day before the conference, there was a dinner for all the speakers and um, the people involved and every single person who got up to speak um so the higher ups and the executives had yeah. some sort of coronavirus joke to make to which you know it, it didn't feel it didn't sit very right because it's it's one of those things where i can acknowledge that personally there's a level of um i guess a level of humor that i can assign to to the situation but being in a professional setting and seeing that humor being like shared so comfortably, I was like, oh, this is bold. Like at one point, some executive said, oh, you know, this prestigious building is open to everyone, you know, of all races, all sexualities, um, uh, but except for those with coronavirus. And it was like, oh. Wow. And so you can see all like us, there was like, of the people attending, there were like 10% of us were like, under the age of 26 and we're also all ethnic and we're just here like uh, and then you have like (laughs) these older white women like (laughs) of course of course and i was like oh this is so much um and then there's also like the way we're interacting with each other where i'm having people be like oh should we still hug you know there's corona going around (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah i can actually there's a way to use humor to to line up the the effect or impact but also it just feels a little bit silly in these environments to act this way as well i will say what personally i didn't think i didn't think i was in okay how do i frame this Mm. obviously i'm aware that i could contract coronavirus the odds are quite high considering you know just living in a metropolitan area, you know, and I'm still ordering my Uber Eats, you know, I'm still yeah. like going to the yeah, post office. Yeah, you're still in these streets, yeah. And I'm still interacting on some level. And so I had prepared myself for um, the way I'd be impacted from from that lens, but I hadn't have considered the, the impact in terms of like living. The fact that so much of the work I do is with corporations who are now very mindful of the virus and are canceling jobs. Mm. So like in the span of a week, Every single job I've had booked in the calendar from now till end of April has been cancelled. That's like 12 yeah. different jobs. So yeah. in my head, I'm like, Facts. oh, I hadn't have considered the economic impacts of something yeah. like this. You know, like it was so easy to think of it as a purely um, physical. Like I might get sick and have to take time off work. Oh, yeah, not considering yeah, that the work was not going to be there anyway because everybody's taking these necessary precautions. That I felt, I mean, I don't know, like 
thank goodness for savings but i just don't know if everybody around me is thinking about how this is going to affect their check oh because you know listen <laughs> we're in obviously there's talks of us going into um us as in australia going into a recession because you know the impact of coronavirus economically has been quite hectic considering people are hesitant to work with import export and whatever mm. but also considering that now corporations are looking at their you know their overheads and saying well do we need this casual staff member yeah. do we need that yeah. full-time staff member no i already we- know five people who've been fired this week that's it can we afford so, to have these people on yeah and you know in times of crisis even not in times of crisis nobody is bigger than the business yeah so what you know it's one thing to be forced not to work even though that's counterintuitive to what capitalism's taught us like how many times have we been forced to go into work even though we're sick even though we've had the flu yep. even mm-hmm. though we've been uncomfortable um and now we're being forced not to work yeah but it's been marketed as voluntary quarantine and so we're not making money and there's the risk of once you're in a state to go back to work, the job isn't there for you anymore. Oh, fully, fully. So that's a huge consideration. And I, it's one of those things where I can understand why this, um, this narrative hasn't really reached the mainstream because I feel like we could only handle one crisis at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, let's like our fear, our mortality needs to be challenged in one way, <laughs> not this many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like I'm more scared of, yeah, the economic impacts of this virus, really? not necessarily the physical, um, like immune system yeah. impacts of it. And I, I mean, feel like most people should be too. Because what can you everyone do? Like, too, you- everyone too. Everyone. Like yeah. no one <laughs> is going to be exempt from from the effects of this. Mm. I mean, I was supposed to be going to Coachella. And that was Same supposed bitch. to be a check for me. Bitch, listen, bitch, look at Roni getting in between us. Mm-hmm. Big Rona. Why is she doing this? Why? And that's exactly it. So, oh, this is what I wanted to, ca- to uh, touch on. Ari Coachella. So I posted a meme the other day. Mm. Uh, let me find the meme so I don't butcher it. You know I love these references. Yeah. I love my screenshot folder on my phone. Everything I need is there. <laughs> okay. You need a so screenshot So the folder. meme was, it was a screen, uh, um, an article, and the headline was, quote, if I die, I die. Yeah. Young people capitalize on cheap coronavirus flights. Right? Oh, I saw, th- I saw that. <laughs> I was one of those, somebody- I was literally <laughs> Googling flights, like, bitch, where are we going? <laughs> and somebody had quoted that and said, oh, you know, this has me howling. This is hilarious. Somebody had messaged me and said, you know, this is so selfish of people to do. Don't they understand that by um, them leaving the country and exposing themselves to a a different population or a larger population, they're putting more people at risk. Um, People need to be so, people need to be less self-serving. They need to understand that in times like these, we need to stick together and band together and think about our neighbor. I said, sis. (laughs) When? When have we ever... When have we ever, and why would you think in crisis when people revert to their base needs of being inherently individualistic and selfish, do you think we're going to be like, let me take one for the team and not take my holiday? And there are so many reasons why I can justify somebody, a millennial, whatever, saying, you know, in this time of, of crisis, I'm going to I'm gonna prioritize big enjoyment, big enjoyment pleasure and leisure and take this fucking flight. Yeah. It, regardless... We're going to die anyway. And I thought to myself when I was having this conversation, what do you want people to preserve themselves for? <laughs> Literally, like, I had <laughs> the exact this, same uh, argument with someone on my Instagram page too. She even blocked me. I'm like, oh. bitch. Oh, sis, why? <laughs> it's just, similarly, I'd, po- I'd reposted a meme. No, not a meme. It was one of Jabuki's tweets about, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, about Corona. And then this girl from Italy was like, wow, this is so insensitive of you to post about Corona. Like people are dying and you guys are out here just making jokes about it. And, 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 and obviously like this joke is a product of black Twitter because black Twitter makes a joke out of everything. And I had Mm -hmm. to explain to her, listen, sis, your whiteness is showing. First of all, humor is how people process their anxieties. Second of all, 
every day is a pandemic when you're black. So you cannot expect the gravitas of this issue to affect black people the way it's affecting white people. Second of all, the only reason this is even a pandemic is because it's now affecting white people. It is now affecting rich people. There have been so many viruses before Ebola. Who gave a fuck? Like who... Mm -hmm. Where were the fucks given? It was just another reason to ostracize black people. We knew yeah. the reason why we hated those black people. They're carrying Literally. disease. <laughs> Literally. So it's just like, leave us alone. Like, let us deal with the anxieties of having to, of living through a mass extinction in ways that are most comfortable for us. Because really what it is, is the fact that a lot of white people just have never had to face their mortality in ways that most people of color have to face their mortality on a day-to-day basis. And that's why they're so shook. Like, that's why this is so soul-crushing and gut-wrenching. Whereas for us, it's just like, oh, another day where I might just die. Like, mm. is it going to be the cops today? Is it is it going to be stopping for it? Like, there's so many ways to die when you're black that it's just like, welcome to our life. Like, welcome to what it's like to be a marginalized person on a date. This person really messaged me being like, you don't understand. I have to take two trains and a bus to work because of the virus. And I'm like, that's most people's reality. Like, most people have to walk kilometers to get to work. Like, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mm. I'm sorry, I can't sympathize with your white luxuries. Like, I just, I don't know what to tell you. It's just. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I'm, and it's one of those things where I understand why in this trying time, suddenly people want empathy and sympathy from everyone because it feels like we should be banding together, but it's yeah. never been a fair time for everyone. Yeah. There's always been a time in history where when one person was struggling, the other person was thriving and making jokes. Right. Let's not exactly. pretend that this is anything new. And at this point, you know, Corona is not discriminating. So we're all (laughs) at risk and how people choose to deal with that risk and the time they have left to comfortably deal with that risk is their business. Mm. If we start doing the whole emotional, emotional, be more realistic, look after your neighbor, then we'd have to start questioning the way that our lives as individuals has been negatively impacting these people. And we didn't do Mm. shit about it. were you really saying but what about that poor person who has to build my so-and-so who had to build my ikea like you weren't thinking like that you look for a discount (laughs) never it's one of those things where i'm like understand that people just don't give a shit yeah and And accept it you have to accept you also just have to accept that people like facing your mortality i was talking to my boyfriend today and i was like how are you feeling about the roni and he was, <laughs> that's just what I'm going to call it, guys. The Roni. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so how are you feeling about the Roni? And he was like, honestly, it's because I've now known you for a year that I've already had to face my mortality. So it's re- like I've already had to think about death. So I'm really it's not like a scary thing for me, but I can understand why people who have never thought about their mortality why they're panicking like why they're in a state of hysteria and i actually that's also another added layer of like why are people hysterical right now on one hand it's uncertainty but on another hand it's people being forced to face their mortality for the Mm -hmm. very first time at their big age for the very first time Mm -hmm. and that's scary for people and it's yeah it's why people are stockpiling toilet paper why why are people stockpiling toilet paper of all the things like why do you think toilet paper is the thing it happened in australia because i from my understanding there was a, a radio interview with a scientist who had kind of alluded to 
I think the presenter was trying to, I guess, instill a bit of hope. And mm. the scientists essentially said, you know what, if this gets terrible, if this gets to a point where it's pandemic, we'll, you know, and we have to start quarantining, then yeah, I would say stock up and, you know, get comfortable with living on lower means. So when that time comes, it's not a huge stock. So like get your essentials, like toilet paper and things. And then, you know, all of a sudden it was like, fuck, get the toilet paper. Yeah. Okay. I see. You know? And so what ended up happening was, you know, two different schools of thought. One was, oh shit, it's back to be pandemic and we can't leave the house because there'll be no one to stock the shelves at your grocery store and no one to send the shipment to the grocery store so the shelves can be stocked. So get it while you can. So when that eventually happens, you're safe and sound. Sure. Then there's that alternate school of thought who's like, I don't give a shit, but if I don't get this toilet paper, then I don't have toilet paper. So now I too have to buy into this hysteria. Yeah, indirectly. yeah. You know? So it's, I don't, um, I just, it's, it's really laughable to me because I feel, yes, back to what we were saying about the whole idea of how people, what are we preserving ourselves for and Mm. how people choose to express or or best utilize um, their time before death is really none of our business. But also realistically, like in in terms of the flights and them being cheap, it's providing so much access to people in the way they hadn't before. Yeah, so of course they're going to. who, Who would never get a break otherwise who would never be able to travel otherwise that like you're probably gonna die in a couple of years or maybe sooner than you anticipate but don't but stay at home yeah you know, really and sit it's in like, your misery what yeah you know and then like at this point where is really safe you know like oh you could be spreading it around but at this rate That's doctors have been spreading the disease um you know health ministers have been spreading the disease it's really like <laughs> That's and a really good to point. To the point yeah. of the fact that the majority of us will be carrying this virus and not showing any symptoms, we are all a problem. All of us. So at this rate, why can't we just lean into enjoyment, especially especially before enjoyment is taken from us? Like exactly. I said, if I was in a position where I didn't have savings and now don't have work coming up, what was I meant to do? Yeah, just so sit let me in enjoy your how I see fit. <laughs> and this, oh, to the Coachella point, yes. We're, look, we're going around in circles, but. So I had booked tickets to Coachella because this year I was like, I'm going to go again. I didn't want to go with a brand because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to dictate how this fun was going to be had. It sounds counterintuitive. Like why would you pay to go to an experience that's expensive? But you know, fun is not fun when you're told how to have it and when to have it and what to do with it. So I said, you know what, let me buy my plane ticket. I bought it with my friend, Sully. We bought our plane tickets. We had um, uh, paid for our rooms and then it was a matter of actually getting the tickets because we're in Australia. We had to buy resale and even figure out if we could go before we had tickets. So we're in this process of buying tickets. And then we realized that Coachella is canceled. Fine. It, if we had bought tickets, we would have been screwed because the, the refunds of these tickets go back to the ticket holders, not the people mm. who buy those tickets. Right. So then I'm like, okay, we're stuck with accommodation. Lucky we can cancel this accommodation because there's a lot of months before, not a lot, but there's one month before the festival happened and yeah. we had um, some leeway. So we canceled the accommodation. Flights, however, you can't just get a refund for your flights. Mm. That's not how airlines work. Airlines yeah. want you to suffer. Yeah, so they do. it was they a matter of do. if you can't take the flight and it's not our fault, then you just give up that money. So now there's just a thousand and something dollars in the air because, you know, it's a voluntary cancellation because the government hasn't dictated that there's a travel ban on mm. Australia or for the US, right? So then you start thinking, if I'm in a position where it's going to affect me adversely to not take this flight, why, why wouldn't, wouldn't I, I take the flight? Yeah. Yeah, you know? <laughs> literally. And so having these conversations with people who are like, oh, you know, actually, I never bought a flight before. I had no idea they were that expensive. Or I didn't know you, could, you couldn't just get your money back. It's also this rhetoric. People now policing how things should be done when they're not educated about how things work. Mm. There's no just cancelling when you want to cancel. There's no refund when you want a refund. There's no credit when you want a credit. Thank goodness the airline was like, we understand there's a pandemic happening and we can give you a credit. So you can't get your money back, but you can take the flight whenever you want to within a year. Fair. Fair. As fair yeah. as it can be. Yeah. I was like, everybody needs to shut 
Ah, that's how <laughs> literally exactly how I feel. Like, what do you want? Leave me alone. Like, I already didn't want to die. Like, and now, and now the here idea of it's happening sooner than anticipated. I don't want to be here either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it really does go back to your point of like, where is safe? But there's also a really interesting like moral dilemma that's happening. I was reading this article about it's called the extraordinary decisions facing Italian doctors. So there's a moral dilemma that Italian doctors now have to face. And it's a very it's a really interesting like philosophical question, because what's happening now is that Italy on the day that I read this has 10,149 cases of coronavirus, which is way too many patients for each one of them to receive adequate care. So Mm. doctors now have to decide who deserves to live and who do we just have to let die. So they're basically using the principle of utilitarianism, which is they've basically decided that as the, the older you are, the less chances you are of getting care. So if you're over a certain age, they've they've just decided that, listen, you're going to die soon anyway, so we're not going to give you care. If you have any pre-existing medical conditions, they're not going to give you any medical treatment or care, and they're just going to let you die. So they're having to now make these really interesting philosophical decisions regarding people's mortality based off of a concept that I don't actually agree with. Like, I really don't think that should be the standard by which they decide who should live and who should die but it's really interesting now that people are forced to really philosophize about their lives about the value of human life and like that whole that really popular moral dilemma of like if there's a train coming towards one person five Mm. people and you can save save them by killing one person would you do it like it's really interesting that now people are forced to think about these things and yeah i'm curious like what do you think is the standard that we should be using to do because we're, we're getting to the point now where there's not we don't have the infrastructure across the globe um i was reading also a thread on south african twitter about like now there's an increasing number of coronaviruses in South Africa and we barely have the infrastructure now. Even in the US, like most people don't have access to adequate healthcare because we all know how ghetto the US healthcare system is. So it's like, who? how do we decide who should live and who should die? How do you think we should be making those decisions? I don't think we should be making those decisions. Ooh, <laughs> like, really? Natural selection! No. Uh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> no, know. Some, no some people to really do, do think that. I remember um, a few months ago, I posted on my story. I was like, what is your unpopular opinion? And quite a lot of people were like, we should just let old people die or we should just let sick people die because natural selection. Like, if you're a drain on the healthcare system, then we should just let you die. And I was surprised that so many people felt that way because what is the healthcare system but, for if not to like extend our life what do yeah, you mean if you're yeah. a drain on the system what kind of rhetoric is that it's, it's a bit hitlerish but it's interesting you know yeah because <laughs> we're all a fucking drain on the system yeah. are we really adding enough value to be like <laughs> that's that's the thing like the fundamental Ooh. question here is what makes a human life valuable mm. And it's like, how do we now, now that we're now all being forced, which this is also why I think we should, like politicians are completely useful, useless, and we should replace, (laughs) I know. She said it with her chest. (laughs) Politicians are completely useless and we should replace all of them with philosophers. So I'm really like, this is one of the silver linings of this virus is that it's forcing people to think philosophically and to think critically in ways that they didn't have to before because you could just get by just by being a robot. But yeah, like... Wasn't there that tweet that was going around that was saying like, coronavirus has showed us that if not everybody has healthcare, then nobody has healthcare. That is literally In this situation, if we all had access to know that if we were to contract this virus that there was, you know, necessary infrastructure to make sure that we'd be cured, Facts. it would be less of a concern. Now, 
there's like there's a there's a cost association a resource association Mm. like this hierarchy of who needs it more than the other yeah because because of this like corona anxiety i need to start saying coronavirus because it's poor what's happening to corona beer let's google that later but yeah oh oh their sales have gone down of course that's how dumb people are like people are just (laughs) it amazes me um, but because of uh, coronavirus anxiety or um, the narrative around how deadly the virus was and can be, people were anticipating that they had it and going to the doctors to get tested for it. And then that in itself was, quote unquote, drying up the resources because doctors didn't have time to, you know, to calm your fears just because you coughed because you were choking on some corn and now you think mm. you've got you know, a whole disease. But also with that in mind, there's this concern of, well, somebody has to pay for all this testing. So like at the moment, there's like, people don't know, like what happened in Melbourne? Like some guy was trying to call the coronavirus hotline. He was um, recalling it on Twitter, recounting it on Twitter and saying he called the hotline. The hotline took him to his local hospital. The local hospital sent him to somewhere else, sent him to somewhere else. He ended up going to get tested and they were like, well, no, like, you need more visible symptoms for us to test you. We can't imagine just be like, it can't just be like an, oh my a, a he, he, a chew. No, sis, come back when you know, like there's something wrong with you. So then we can use, we only have a finite amount of kits. We can't just be handing them out willy nilly. So there's even that, like now you have to be on a certain spectrum of unwell yeah. to be taken seriously. Yeah. And I it's mean, interesting because if you Google how much is a coronavirus test or kit, there's, there's so much misinformation. Some are saying it's, three thousand dollars yeah some are saying um it's not even available everywhere only some metropolitan hospitals will have it some people are saying you know it should be available everywhere so what is it what is it yeah no i remember reading an article that said in hong kong it's free and in the u.s it's three thousand dollars i don't know if that's true or not it sounds like that sounds like what that would be but i don't know you know and, and also, like I came so across much. an article on the, I think it was the cut or something. Basically, the headline was, if you found out, like, if you started coughing hysterically or started showing symptoms of coronavirus, what would you actually do? Because there are a lot of people, and I would say far too many, who would dismiss those symptoms because we've been taught to deal with sickness for so Especially long. Especially women, yeah. Abs- yeah, just to overcome um, or to to deal with it when it deals with you or it proves to be debilitating. That's you yeah. should take it seriously. So there's a level of, I can imagine, a level of um, like misunderstanding or um, like the inability to truly analyze how sick we are and mm. what is an allergy, what is a response to the environment and what is actually a virus. And then also like, what are the next steps? Like if, if, if we were to say, oh, we had coronavirus, where are we meant to go? Yeah. Do we just go to the local GP? Do we go to the hospital? Like what happens now? So with all this hysteria, where is the education? With every fucking Nowhere. news story, there's no information on what to actually do. It's more so on what will happen. We know what will happen. We get sick. And then some of us and, live, some of us die. But what are we yeah. meant to do if we deem ourselves a risk? Stay at home? That's not realistic. It's not. And I mean, yeah, I agree with that entirely. My unpopular opinion is that capitalism will kill us a lot quicker than Corona will. Mm. And that's exactly what's <laughs> happening. Like the vast majority of people will have Corona, not have access to healthcare, and Ooh. infect other people. And that's really the thing that's going it's it's really like the root of this problem. The The reason why it's so deadly is because of all of the holes that are inherent in capitalism. Like the people who came up with capitalism really didn't think this shit through. And so when people blindly just accept it and hail it as the best possible system for us, I'm like, how? Mm. So this is literally the worst idea anyone's ever come with. Like, like there's no system that is more unsustainable than capitalism and we're seeing all of the effects of that now like we're even being forced right now because of this corona thing to question she said this corona thing (laughs) (laughs) the roni (laughs) because of roni because of sister roni we're now being forced to question the validity of even having nation states like Mm. what is up with that you know what i mean like all of these things that we've just blindly accepted like the fact that wealth inequality is a thing and people we've just blindly accepted that as if 
that's sustainable. We've just blindly accepted the fact that we rely on slave labor for everything. We blindly mm. accept the fact that we just like eat animals willy nilly. Like there's so much about this system that's unsustainable that Corona is now showing us like, bitch, if you don't stop right. this, you will die. Right. And instead of people interrogating these things that the virus is clearly showing us, instead, people are worried about the stock market. Like, instead mm. of, and I get it, like, instead of you to prioritize your health, you're worried about, like, but will I be able to pay rent? Mm. You know? Instead of you to go and get checked sooner rather than later, you're like, no, I'm going to go back into work and potentially infect everyone. Mm. Because, bitch, in this society, we prioritize profit over mm-hmm. everything else that's a big so, one and, and also like the um we're not in a place where we're regarding coronavirus as um something that's inevitable to all of us there's still a stigma imagine knowing yeah. somebody who has yeah. the virus i'm sure you wouldn't be treating them very fairly so i think people are also very aware of the social stigma of identifying as someone who has the virus mm. and so even if you went to the hospital the doctor the hospital found out you had the virus I can imagine a lot of us would carry the stigma of saying, you know what, let me just not disclose. Let me just not risk not having to go to work. Let me just not risk all the negative impacts of what disclosing this would do. Because we're not there yet, but we're currently here. I'm really interested. Oh, no, go on. Sorry. No, go on. No, you go on, bitch. Wow. Okay. No, I was going to (laughs) say, I really think what's also ironic and like also a paradox is the fact that there's so much hysteria in New York today, but I don't really see people wearing masks, which mm. speaks to exactly <laughs> what you're saying about the stigma. It's like you're scared, but you'd rather you'd sooner just infect other people than to protect. Like the people I see wearing masks are generally just Asians. I've maybe seen like a, f- a handful Mm. of non-asian people wearing masks and that's because of just the the fear of being stigmatized Mm. which is really like human psychology is so interesting that fear is real and it's yeah and it's on all these conversations are life or death because if it's not Mm. the virus itself that kills you it'll be the stigma the lack of resource lack of income you know being pushed out of your your comforts and your environments it's everything around it I've been really interested in the counter conversations that are happening um, because obviously there's a main narrative of coronavirus, Mm. which is coming from the media, but then there's the conversations happening around it being published. And I came across, um, do you know, I don't know her full name, but she's the owner of Salty Magazine. I think her Instagram handle is Misfits or something. Do you know Salty, Mm. the newsletter? I think so. I think I've seen them on Instagram. Yeah. Everyone get amongst it. It's a great newsletter. Anyway, so um, she, they, let me not gender, Misfits, the username, posted um, onto the Instagram feed and said, everybody with genuine anxiety about coronavirus right now, do a quick exercise in empathy. Imagine Mm. what it would have been like to be a gay man in the 80s and 90s, alluding to HIV, then imagine the government literally doing nothing. Yeah. So yeah. there's, you know, these counter conversations of, you know, yes, there's something to be afraid of, but we are lucky in a time where the fear is being, um, what's the word? The fear is validated. being validated. Yeah. But, oh, look at us in sync. Validated by the government and by scientists and people in positions of power that you don't have to feel alone or crazy. And that if something were to happen to you and you were to contract the virus, there's infrastructure for you to do something about it. Yeah. But imagine in a time... And that time is still now for most people. Like if coronavirus wasn't affecting rich people, then like it wouldn't be a conversation of like a globe. It would be like, oh, it's a, it would be like Ebola. It would be like like Flint. It would be like Flint. There's still no clean water Flint, There's still no clean water in Flint. Six years later or something? What do you mean? And white people are crying because the black people in Flint are not sympathizing for that. Like, guys get out of your ass like your whiteness is showing out your ass so it's not yeah it is really interesting to think about because uh, and i say similar to um the conversations around the bushfires in australia they were burning for about three months before we all deemed it a conversation worthy speaking about because suddenly our air was getting harder to breathe 
you know? And suddenly it was dusty all the time in the city. And you're like, oh shit, like the dust had to come from somewhere. The smog had to come from somewhere. Oh yeah, because it's burning bush yeah. three hours yeah. away. And they've been struggling for three months. <laughs> so, um, and and I've seen similar tweets and, and uh, like tweets with that same rhetoric. Like, you know, don't be surprised that, you know, minorities and people of color and the LGBT community aren't showing as much um, sort of like visible interest in this because this is yeah. just their experience. Like yeah. they too have not been considered by the yeah. government and their narratives have been minimized. You are so lucky that in this in this case, like even if you never are impacted by this virus, somebody here is vouching for you and not making you feel crazy and validating exactly. your anxiety. That's exactly what I was saying to the Italian girl that like, not only do you have, not only are you so lucky that you have an entire world validating your suffering, you also have the the nerve, you also have the audacity to expect people whose life is suffering every day on a greater scale than you to be um, to be sympathizing and crying for you. Like, the audacity. Wow. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot of privilege that needs to be checked also, which I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation. And it, it, on my, because people might say like, but you share flex. And I realize that I do have a duty of care with an audience of my size to say, hey, I saw some shit on the news. I know you hoes don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pass on the message. So like, here's what you can do. You can still date with coronavirus. Yeah. With Big Roni doing the thing. You know, yeah. here are some precautions you can take. Here is the, the discussion about hand sanitizer and the efficacy of that versus just washing your hands. Like, I'm happy to share this information, but also, like, can we keep this same energy when it's not the whole world and just a particular group of people? Yeah. And the answer is probably not. I was going to say. We've been known not no to care is. before and we'll be known not to care after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember even when there was, like, the femicides happening. I mean, they're still happening today. Mm-hmm the femicide epidemic happening in South Africa and literally no one outside of South Africa cared. Like Mm -hmm. more people die from femicide in a week than Mm. from Corona. So what, what, how are we really defining what a pandemic is? Mm. And if we're being honest, like if we're just being honest with our full chests, let's just say it is only a pandemic when white people are affected. Like, let's just say that with our full chests and leave it at that. So, wow, there we have it. <laughs> this has been a good episode. Um, I enjoyed it. I know. Let us know what you guys think. We're, we are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on every single platform. Subscribe. Uh, follow us give us your feedback we also have a facebook group where we have really interesting spicy and juicy conversations um so follow us there the link is in the description box below we'll catch you in our next episode bye farewell planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.